what you do in a B-movie. The end is a little bit ridiculous. I was unsurprised to see that. And it's sweet! Oh my gosh, you guys need to go watch it. It's so good. It's so good. I want to watch it again. Hello, weary internet travelers, and welcome once again to the Before and After Show. I'm still your host, MJ Smith, and if you haven't listened to the show before, each week I take a movie that I've never seen before, I give you my expectations for the movie prior to having seen it, and the next week I will come back with a show about uh, what I thought after I had seen the film. Uh, Most times I am joined by a guest, and this time is no different. Um, Please welcome to the program for a second time. My lovely fiance, Miss Kristen Falls. Hello. Miss for not so much longer. I'm imagining applause in the background. Woo, yeah, woo. <laughs> that was the Rift Tracks applause. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, she was on for The Exorcist, which we enjoyed, I believe. Yeah. Right? Um, and I actually, if you haven't listened to those episodes, I recommend you go do that because I think towards the end you find out more about why this podcast exists than almost any other episode that uh that is out there so go check those out because they're fun and also because if you want some background on why this podcast does what it does we are currently in the middle of summer movie season if you haven't been keeping up with the show we've done so far the avengers age of ultron as well as mad max fury road one of those was significantly better than the others you can go back and listen to the <laughs> other episodes to find out which ones it w- uh, which one it was it was mad max i was gonna <laughs> say i think i have a different opinion than you so this week is no different um this week we will be uh tackling a big timey disaster movie yes uh as well as a not as big timey crazy apocalypse movie from the director of Donnie Darko and they will be connected thematically somehow and we will get to that in a second but first um what did you watch this week did you watch anything this week Kristen I did maybe you should go first okay um I only watched two things this week one was Mad Max Fury Road Oh, and are we counting that? I also watched that with you. No. Uh, okay. I mean, not really. Okay. Um, which I did an episode on, so you can listen to that. Uh, okay. It's fantastic. So, uh, both the episode and the movie. And then, just today, you and I went over to uh, our friend's house and watched the Martin McDonald film In Bruges, starring Colin, Colin Farrell. Farrell and Brendan Gleeson from Harry Potter. Harry Potter. As well as Voldemort. Oh yeah, they were both, it was really hilarious. Yeah, one of our friends, when he was revealed, was like, it's Voldemort! Yeah, that's kind of a twist, but that movie's like almost ten years old, I think. So, maybe 2008. It's not a twist, but it's like a reveal of like, hey, it's that guy. Okay, because one of our friends was like, this is where he gets revealed, and then I was not... Well, so Twist. what happened was I forgot who played that character, and so I looked it up because oh. I knew it was someone big, and I looked it up and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not telling anyone. 
And uh, so that's why I kept asking, like, is this the scene where they show him? Is this the scene oh. where... He... Yeah, I wanted it to be a surprise for you guys, but it's not really, like, a twist twist. No, it's just like, oh, it's that guy. Yeah. The movie is from the same guy who wrote and directed um, Seven Psychopaths, which we had watched probably about a year ago. I like that movie. And yeah, it was really good. Um, in Bruges is his first film, and oh, okay. it deals with two hitmen who uh, commit a hit, and it kind of goes a little wrong. <laughs> Yeah, like depressingly wrong. Depressingly wrong. Should I say? Uh, We won't say what happens, but it goes depressingly wrong, and they are forced to flee to uh, Bruges, which is a city in Belgium, and is the oldest medieval city in Europe? Or Belgium? I know. I think it might be in Europe. The only part I really remember about that was the hospital from the 1100s. Okay. Got it. Um, so I'm assuming. That's pretty old. So it's basically about uh, Colin Farrell's character dealing with an existential crisis while he's in a town that he is not so fond of. And that's kind of the crux of the movie, which sounds not that good, but I enjoy this movie highly. You know what? Um, I like Colin Farrell a whole lot when he's uh, not pretending to be a badass. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, he's really good when he's off his hinges, and he was real off his hinges in that movie. And, like, kind of vulnerable here and there. Like, he's a good... No, like, throughout the whole movie. Yeah. He's a good, vulnerable actor. He's got very he's got a very expressive face. Oh, yeah. And it, he, he uses it to his advantage, and there's, like, all these little quirks that the character has. It's a really good performance by Colin Farrell. He's really good in this movie. Yeah. I also really like the other guy, because he... Uh, Man, just all the stuff that he goes through and how he gets attached to Colin Farrell's character in such a subtle way. Mm -hmm. And how he's like a hitman, but like really just wants to take in all of these, all of this history surrounding the town. Right. It's kind of, he, he makes my heart a little bit warm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a really good movie. Uh, I think you guys should check it out. You, you liked it, right? I did like it. Um, it was a little bit crazy, but like. All the characters, even though they were weird, were still really likable. Yeah. And that can act, that's actually pretty much what makes or breaks a movie for me. So. You're big on characters. Yeah. Got it. Got it. I think I take movies kind of, I kind of try to meet them halfway. What, like, this movie's going to be a story movie. This movie's going to be a character movie. And then, like, try to adjust my expectations. Yeah, but you're also a lot harder on movies than me. I like a lot of movies. That's true. Um, Okay, so we watched In Bruges together, and it was pretty good. And uh, you should watch it. It's, It's... I like it because it's kind of got, like, a hip style to it, but it's not really, like, a Tarantino movie. Like, it it doesn't feel like a Tarantino movie, but it kind of does, just in the subject matter a little bit. They're a little more... It just seems like a little bit more of a Colin Farrell movie to me. Like, he's mm. a very... They're a little bit more introspective than, like, a, a Tarantino movie. Yeah. Um, and Seven Psychopaths is the same. Uh, that's a really good movie, actually. I like yeah, movie. I want to watch it again. It's yeah, fun. it's it's uh, it's worth seeing a couple times. I've seen it twice, and I wouldn't mind seeing it again. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know you'd seen it. Oh, you saw it before you, I saw it with you. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um... Yeah, uh, Martin McDonough, do another movie, please. It's been like three years since uh, Seven Psychopaths came out, and uh, mm-hmm. I want another movie from you. I know it was four between uh, In Bruges and Seven Psychopaths, but one movie every four years isn't enough for people who like <laughs> you. 
And did you watch anything else this week? I did. <laughs> I'm a little bit embarrassed. You caught up on the season finale of Supernatural. I did. So that show has a lot of fans, but I've never really seen it outside of some episode about a woman, a ghost, trying to kill men. Oh, yeah. I the, the, um, yeah. We won't get into we won't get into any supernatural plot. I feel like yeah, because, because you tried explaining it to me last night, and I felt like <laughs> an hour and a half later, I knew what the season I knew what the setup to this season was. You thought it was all the season finale, but in order to explain, because what I was trying to explain to you was that it just keeps getting more and more insane. Like mm-hmm. you think it can't get insane each. Each season covers a specific level of bad guy. You know, at the very beginning, it's just demons. But then it gets increasingly worse. I guess it it tears up in the levels of badness of the bad guys. I can't, like I said, I can't go over the plot. But this season ended with the introduction of the worst bad thing in the universe. Yes. So, it's just, I don't think it can, I think that this season, this next season will probably be the last season. Based on the very little you told me, given the information of ten seasons worth of things they've been setting up, it sounds like there's no other way for next season to end other than the logical closure point yes. for the show. I thought you were going to say it. I was like, no, don't say it. Um, so if you're a Supernatural fan, you should know what that is. Uh, I, I know it's a show that has a rapid following. There's all kinds of references. And like, I want to watch it because there's this one Simpsons reference to like the best episode of The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. And it blew my mind that it was on there. And I was like, dang, maybe I should give this show a shot. But also it's 10 seasons and they're all like 22 episode, 40 minute long episodes. It's a lot. It's true. They're all so fun though. Like they are super aware of what they are. I love shows that are just aware of what they are and are unapologetic. Let me tell you, though, I would really like it. It's not going to happen. But even if this is the last, like, plot season, Mm -hmm. I would really... It probably can't happen this way because I don't know how this season's going to go out. I just want to see one more season of them just together fighting demons. Mm. I missed that, and I guess I can go back to, like, the first and second seasons and watch that again, but... Yeah. It's just they've come on in their introduction to their finale is also called... is always called The Road So Far, and I just... They've come so far, and I just miss the good old days. Yeah. You're nostalgic for those 10 years ago episodes. Yeah. (laughs) Those 2005 good times. Yeah. Okay, so you didn't watch anything else this week? I didn't right? watch anything else. Okay, so I bought this game uh, this last week. For those of you who are kind of regular listeners to the, the show, you know that uh, two things that I like to do in my spare time uh, are movies, obviously, and uh, board and card games. Uh, if you listen to the Clue episode, you would know that. I have this game that I bought yesterday that I think might become a regular feature on the show. We're going to attempt to play... A sort of modified version of it yeah. today and uh, you can play along at home I think that's kind of the beauty of this is I, I think it's a game that will work very well on a podcast because it's just words it's just saying words out loud 
And it's called Double Feature. I think it retails for $20. It comes with nine decks of cards. Um, and nine. each. It comes with six decks of cards. <laughs> and they each one has a different. Uh, a different sort of uh, category, like scenes, props, theme and genre, production, setting, and characters. And the way the game works is uh, the director of that round picks two of those cards. They have to be from different decks. You can't pick two of the same. And they read off uh, the, the two things on those uh, cards. For example, I have uh, scenes and production. And scenes, something is destroyed, production, based on the Bible, Shakespeare, or a comic book. Oh, that's too many things. That's too many things. <laughs> um, so the, the way it works if you're playing with a group of friends is you all, uh, the first person to name a film that fits both of those categories gets the points. You, you play it at like 10 or whatever, or play it till you're done playing basically yeah. it's a an arbitrary point system but what we're gonna do uh today since it's only the two of us is we're going to take turns grabbing um grabbing cards and reading them and then between the two of us we will have uh do you want to do 15 or 20 should we do 20 20 oh 20 seconds i yep. thought you meant 20 cards i was like that's a lot <laughs> no yeah, that's fine. Um, we'll do 20 seconds. Uh, we'll put 20 seconds on a stopwatch, and between the two of us, we'll name as many films as we can, uh, hopefully without repeating ourselves, uh, that fit those two categories. And you can play along at home and write the show in. Uh, it's pretty fun. Uh, I got a chance to play it a little bit yesterday, and I enjoy it, actually. So uh, it's a movie game that I think people will actually play with me, because people don't like playing movie trivia games with me. But this one, you don't have to have seen the movies, or you can only have seen the movies. Like, all you have to do is think yeah. about all the things you know. Yeah, I think even, like, the... The, the box says the that. The box says, like, you work with the movies that you know. Yep. Um, so, do you want me to go ahead and go first, as first director? Um, yeah, so... Oh. So that doesn't really change it, though, right? It's just, we're both still gonna say things? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, okay, I will go with setting. Okay. And props. Ooh. And setting is in the city. Oh. And props is a ball, a bomb, or a bone. Ready, go. Can I see? Yeah. Um, man on a ledge? What What was that called? Man on a ledge. Oh, whoo! Uh, 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 Batman, the 1967 Batman movie with Adam West. He's got a giant bomb. He's running through the city with it. Oh, I mean, also Dark Knight. Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Dark Knight. That's 20 seconds. Oops. That was too short. Yep. Should we do 30 seconds? Yeah, maybe. Okay. All right. Uh, do you want to do this round? Okay. Um, you, no, restart. Reset. Oh, reset. Um, uh, I like the setting one. Okay. I'm going to do... Theme and genre seems easy. Okay. Okay, so a feel-good movie by, on, or underwater. Uh, how, Lake House? Yeah. How to Train Your Dragon? Uh. Mm. No. No, it was by a bay. Yeah, it was like on a cliff. Uh, uh, Magic in the Water. I don't know if you remember that movie or not. No. Okay. Baywatch? Baywatch is not a movie. Dang it. 
Um, City by the Sea. Just kidding. It's Flipper. Oh, yeah. Flipper's a good one. Um, uh, uh, the Whale Movie. The Whale Movie. That's 30 seconds. Dang it. What was The Whale Movie? Free Willy. Free Willy. Okay. I just started thinking of animals yep. in the water. All right. Uh, I'll go. Okay. We'll do... No, I already did props. We'll do production. Okay, that one scares me. And characters. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Title is at least four words long. Oh my gosh. <laughs> characters, a hippie, <laughs> a yuppie, or a zombie. Oh my gosh. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> the Wolf of Wall Street. Ugh. Um, Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> there you go. Night of the Living Dead 2. Day of the Dead. What about uh, Dawn of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> uh, what, what are... American... No, not American Psycho. Um, Easy Rider. Fun with Dick and Jane? A yuppie, yeah. Good one. Good yeah. one. That was awesome. All right, cool. 30 seconds. All right. Want to do another one? Maybe one more? Yeah. Okay. Oh. Hmm. How about theme? I like the theme and genre. Scenes? Okay. Have it's we done a to... scenes one? I think so. Yes, we have. Okay, then I'm going to go back to theme and genre with... What's another one we haven't done? I think we've done them all. We've done them all. What do you think? It's up to you. Mm, we'll try the props. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Oh my gosh. Action adventure, a ladder, a rope, or a chainsaw. Okay, ready, go. Indiana Jones. Yep. Uh, uh, ladder 49, that firefighter. Oh. <laughs> While we're at it, backdraft. While we're at it, firestorm. Covered on ladder movies. Um, I mean, like any kind of heist movie. Yeah, most James Bond movies. Um, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome had a chainsaw in it. Hey, uh, it also had ropes and ladders. Yeah, Fury Road did, um, the Mad Max franchise, and that's 30 oh, seconds. Oh, dang it. Man. I was is... gonna say the thing that was basically Indiana Jones, which was Romancing the Stone. Oh, yeah, Romancing the Stone, uh, a national treasure. Oh, yeah. Yep. Anything that, uh, features archaeologists. <laughs> yeah, or just, like... Or adventurous historians. Yeah. Da Vinci Code, Angels and Demons. Oh, yeah. I didn't really see those. What was that horror movie I liked? As Above, So Below. Oh. Okay, um, so that's, uh, that's, what's the name of this game? That's Double Feature. Um, hopefully it'll be a, uh, recurring thing on the show. Um, we'll probably actually extend it out to maybe a minute, because 30 seconds also seemed too it's, short it's because we also i also want to talk about them too yeah so we are going to take a break and then uh we will be back to talk about a film from the director of donnie darko starring a wrestler turned actor and a new disaster movie starring a wrestler turned actor and we will be back after this sweet guitar or bass riff from cory Tindall.
All right, and we are back, and we are here to talk about movies, obviously. And more specifically, each uh, each week, or every other week this summer, that a summer blockbuster is coming out, we will be talking about a new, in theaters now, summer blockbuster. However, uh, this show was built on looking into the past and seeing what we can learn from uh, older films, not necessarily classic films, as we will see today, yeah. but older films. This week, uh, the, the film San Andreas, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, yes. is coming to theaters near you, also starring Alexandra Daddario from True Detective, mm-hmm. as well as uh, Paul Giamatti being my favorite version of Paul Giamatti, but we will talk about that when we get there. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so originally, we were going to do a movie... Uh, that I believe signifies the beginning of The Rock's career as we know him today. And that is The Rundown. Now, at the last minute, it was came to pass that you had actually already seen the film. Yeah, can I just tell you something? Mm Mm-hmm. And Ariel can vouch for this. I do that literally all the time. Oh. Um, It's the majority of the time, if... Ariel asked me if I've seen something, or if anyone does, for that matter. I will say, no, I haven't. And then we will start the movie, or the show, or the skit on YouTube, or whatever it is. And by the time we get to it, I'm like, oh yeah, I've seen that. Oh. It happens a lot. So I'm really sorry. So, the reason I wanted to do the rundown is because, like I said, that signifies... uh, the beginning of The Rock's career as the action star we know him as today, specifically because there's a very small, I mean, seconds-long exchange between him and none other than the man himself, who has defined action films for two generations, I would say, and that is Arnold Schwarzenegger. He has a very small cameo in this movie in a club where they pass each other, and Arnold nods at him, and he says something about good luck in there, or you're up next, or something. And it's this very, like, passing of the torch moment for it's like, you're the guy now, oh. you know? And I really like that. I really, really like that, because that means that not only is he the, um, now the action star for this generation, but the old guard is passing that mantle on to him, and they're okay giving that over to him. Yeah. And I really like that. And I think... He's lived up to that and more, I think. He's so great. He is great. Uh, So before we get into the film we're going to talk about, let's talk about The Rock himself for a minute. He's amazing. He's just the most likable. Yeah. He's just so charming and like goofy and cheesy and self-aware and it's impossible not to like this man. I think, and I think the older he gets, just the nicer he gets, and the more he knows who he is. Yeah. The more who he he knows who he is around his fans and around people who approach him. I think that's the big thing is is his fan interactions are all super positive. Yeah. Um, he's very very appreciative of his fans, and yeah. that goes a long way, a long way. And I think in the age of like social media and Twitter and stuff, those are the people who are going to see rising to the top, like the people who have the best fan interactions are the ones who are going to make it. And I yeah. think I think more so than ever, we know how they are with their fans. And he's awesome with his fans, unless he's at the gym. Oh, don't mess with, don't mess with the rock at the gym. Yeah, if you, if you go <laughs> interrupt the rock's workout, uh, if he yells at you, you deserved it. You deserved it. Because how do you think he gets that big? 
steroids is how he gets that big. Well, but also working out and eating a bunch. It's true. It's true. So, he's been, he, I think he's in the pantheon of the all-time greatest action stars. You know, I, I think when history looks back at the history of action movies and you have guys like Stallone and Bruce Willis and Schwarzenegger, I think he's going to be right there next to them. Um, you know, if, if they do a, 30 years from now, do a reboot of the Expendables franchise, if mm-hmm. he's not the heart of it, I don't think it works. Mm. You know, he's, 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 the, he's the guy for now. And yeah. the guy for the new millennium. And I, I, I love him. He's just... And the action movies he makes are great action movies. Like, he's in, you know, the Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah. And those movies are great. And if you disagree, you're wrong. And also his interactions with all of those characters are great. Yep, he's just constantly spouting one-liners or being sexist for no reason. He wasn't sexist in the other two. Now he's super sexist. I don't know why, but it's hilarious. <laughs> um... Somehow he gets... I don't condone sexism at all. Right. But somehow you're just like, oh, The Rock. Yeah, like, when he says, woman, I am the Calvary, <laughs> it's just like, yeah, woman. Like, like <laughs> The Rock said it. You are a woman. <laughs> he's just so great. And he's in a movie that uh, is real hokey, but I think is beloved by both of us, and that's Walking Tall. Oh, I love that movie so much. That is one of my dad's all-time favorite action films. Oh, really? Yeah. For good reason. Yep. Um, just, does he have a? Does he take people down with a baseball bat in that movie? Uh, two by four. Two by four. Oh my gosh, even better. Um, yeah, just going back to his hometown, right? Yeah. And just beating the crap out of people who are trying to take it over. Yep. Yeah. Now, not all the action movies he's made are great. Um, I. This is not a movie I've seen, but Doom, the adaptation of the popular video game, is not well uh, beloved by anyone. Okay, yeah, I haven't heard about it at all. Yeah, it's terrible, is basically the, the, the overall consensus on it. Now, The Rock has also made some strange career choices. <laughs> and he's been in movies like Be Cool and The Tooth Fairy and The Game Plan, which are kind of like, you know, uh, Be Cool not so much, but like those those latter two are, you know, family movies. He's got yeah. kids and he wants to do movies that his kids can see and that's perfectly respectable. Is Race to Witch Mountain also a kid's movie? Yeah, it's a Disney movie. Okay. I knew it's Disney, but sometimes they do more mature. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like Race to Witch Mountain. So he does he does like family films and like... Um, it's always kind of funny when it's like, big muscly guy is sensitive. Like, that's that's kind of the... That's his thing in those. That's his thing in those. Um, and sometimes he just makes out-of-left-field choices, like Be Cool would fall more into this, where I th- believe he plays a gay fashion designer in the movie. Oh, man. With, a, with an afro. I yep. feel like I've seen a clip of that, at least. Maybe. He also played a gay bartender in an episode of Saturday Night Live in the skit The Girl with No Gaydar. And he's oh. fantastic in that skit. I need to watch that. It is hilarious. He's so funny in that sketch. Yeah, okay. Um, so today I think we're going to talk about maybe his most out of left field rec- uh, recommendation. His most out of left field film choice. And that is a film that goes by the name of Southland Tales. First of all... Can I just tell you, you showed me the trailer to this before we started. Right. And uh, I have no idea what the title has anything to do, 
Does the title have anything to do with the movie? I believe it takes place in Los Angeles. So, Southland. Is, am I totally ignorant? Is the, Los Angeles called the Southland? I don't think so, but I think it is in this movie. Okay. Um, now, <laughs> what you have to keep in mind is, my understanding of this movie, nothing makes sense. So, don't question anything about it. Okay. Um, I'm going to read the description on IMDb. I don't know for what reason, um, but I'm going to. During a three-day heat wave just before a huge 4th of July celebration, an action star stricken with amnesia meets up with a porn star who is developing her own reality TV project and a policeman who holds the key to a vast conspiracy. Is that the entire description? Yes. Because the trailer... That does not encapsulate even what the trailer has. So this trailer (laughs) is cuckoo bananas. (laughs) I think it probably sums up the gist of what the movie's going to feel like. Yes. And that is completely random mm-hmm. with no rhyme or reason whatsoever. It's actually um, one of the worst rated films I've ever read reviews on. Which is so crazy. It's so random, but also all of the people in it are so random and widespread. Yes. So let's take a look at this cast list, Okay. We have Curtis Armstrong, who is um, Booger from The Nerds, and also the scribe of God on Supernatural. Yeah. The Rock, uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Janine Garofalo, um, Christopher Lambert, who plays Raiden in the Mortal Kombat movie, John Larroquette from Night Court, Bai Ling, the uh, martial artist lady, Yeah. John Lovitz. Mandy Moore, Sherry O'Terry, Amy Poehler, uh, Will Sasso, Sean William Scott, Wallace Shawn, Kevin Smith, Justin Timberlake, um, and Eli Roth in an uncredited role as Man Who Gets Shot on Toilet. So the hilarious part about this trailer to me was that they showed a lot of this the they showed a lot of these people in clips. Right. None of the clips made sense. I don't know what any of these people are doing in this movie. Nope. I have no idea. Now, this is from the same writer and director as the film Donnie Darko starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Which I have not seen. That's fine. Um Donnie Darko for all intents and purposes probably makes more sense than this movie will. That's crazy cuz you're saying it doesn't make Donnie Darko doesn't make a lick of sense to me. Okay. And my theory on Donnie Darko is that if you understand it, you're lying because that movie's actually about nothing. Um, I just upset most of my listeners. I don't care. I hate Donnie Darko. This is the second time you've upset people today about that. Yes, it's true. This is the second time today I've had to talk about Southland Tales. Oh, yes. I, I wasn't there for that. When, okay. we were, when we were watching In Bruges, or just after we got done watching In Bruges, we were told that we needed to see Southland Tales. And okay. um, apparently we will be now. Now, Richard Kelly is a very surrealist uh, filmmaker, obviously, if you've seen Donnie Darko, and if you've watched the trailer for this movie, because it is out of control. Um, Surreal is the perfect word for it. That's exactly what I was thinking when I was watching that trailer. Right. Now, I have very specific tastes when it comes to surrealism. Oh, really? Yes. I hate surrealism for the sake of surrealism, and that's exactly what this looks like. Okay, uh, can you give me an example of something that is surrealism that is not like that? That is not like that? Yeah. Something um, that you like. I would say Birdman. Okay. 
You like, but you said you didn't like Birdman. Birdman's much. okay. Okay. I'm okay with most of the surrealism in that movie. Okay. Yep. I. Where do you stand on surrealism? Um, I mostly that movie looks so crazy, so I can't tell you what I'm gonna think about that kind of surrealism. Um, I think I really like surrealism that's borderline fantasy. I don't know if um, Pan's Labyrinth is surrealism or not. If we, uh, yes, yeah. Okay. I mean, that's that, pretty fantasy as well, so... That's what I'm saying. I like surrealism when it's borderline on fantasy, but, like, especially in Pan's Labyrinth, I mean, like, there's this element, at least at first, of is she really going to this other place, mm, you know? Mm-hmm. Um... There's even an element, especially at the end of, like, did she, like, did she really go? Is she really a princess? Right, right. Or is it just a metaphor for her transferring over to the afterlife? Yeah. Spoilers for Pants Lab. (laughs) You looked so disgusted. (laughs) Anyway, I like, uh, I can, I can buy into surrealism when it's, trying to say something like that Mm -hmm. um i love it a lot i like fantasy a lot though right uh this is a little bit like i do not like i don't know if this is surreal either i'm not a very good film critic so clockwork orange um yeah that's a little surreal um i would say that's almost sci-fi though is it yeah it's see, I mean, it just gives me the same kind of like doesn't make sense vibe. Okay. And I didn't really like Clockwork Orange. Sorry. That's oh, fine. The movie's not good. Um, it was a little bit too strange, and the guy was a little bit too strange. Malcolm McDowell's actually very good in that movie, but I mean, I'm not saying he wasn't a good actor. It was just like it put. It was the whole movie was just a little bit off-putting to me. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be, but That's I also true. understand. I'm not very good with things that I'm supposed to hate because then I just hate them and don't like them because I'm supposed to hate them. Okay. Um, so Richard Kelly, the director of Southland Tales and Donnie Darko, also has a movie called The Box credited to his name. Have you seen that movie? That sounds a little bit familiar. Cameron Diaz. Uh, a small wooden box arrives on the doorstep of a married couple who know that opening it will grant them a million dollars and kill someone they don't know. No, never mind. I've never heard that before in my life, and I did. Cameron Diaz threw me way off. So. Oh yeah, it stars Cameron Diaz, Cyclops, and the guy from Robot and Frank. Aw, sorry, I love that movie. Richard Kelly hasn't made a movie since The Box, and I think there's a reason for that. He supposedly got one slated for next year, but he doesn't work a lot. So he made Southland Tales. Before The Box. Yes. So his filmography is Donnie Darko, Southland Tales, The Box. Okay. When did The Box come out? 2009. Okay. Yep. Uh, It came out while I was working at Blockbuster Video. Okay. I was in Oregon kind of in my own little hippie bubble world. Got it. So. Got it. So Southland Tales uh, was released to much hype given the fact that Donnie Darko is a beloved movie for reasons that I can't explain, but it is a beloved movie. Mm-hmm. And 
everyone was anxious to see, you know, kind of like when the Wachowskis were done with The Matrix. They were like, what are the Wachowskis going to do next? Mm-hmm. That had died down a little bit because The Matrix sequels were pretty bad. But most people were like, these are interesting filmmakers. What are they going to do next? Mm-hmm. Donnie Darko had a lot of that same vibe. Like, Donnie Darko was an interesting movie. That's making Richard Keller, Richard Kelly an interesting filmmaker. What's he going to do next? Okay. He said Southland Tales. Southland Tales... Uh, comes out and everyone is like what is this (laughs) this doesn't make any sense your last movie didn't make any sense but i get it even though they don't get it but your last movie didn't make any sense and this actually doesn't make any sense and no one understands it um yeah it it is notoriously awful also i think the lady that's supposed to be the bad guy in this movie is one of the bad guys with the eye patch in doctor who oh there Mm -hmm. you go um, so... I could be wrong. So, given all this, wh- I mean, what are you expecting, even, out of this movie? Um, pretty much everything we said. I'm expecting to, uh, not make sense of it. Um, I'm hoping that I'm really going to enjoy the actors in it that are, that we kind of enjoy. I'm, I want to just enjoy them be completely insane. Yeah. I want to be like I I know I probably won't accept the premise unless it's for some reason really captivating, but I really want to just enjoy the actors in this film. Got it. Let me hit you with this. Okay. This film is 2 hours and 25 minutes oh, no. long. I don't <laughs> It's going to be so convoluted. Yup. <laughs> oh, I have a little tear. Um, I don't do well with really long movies. Uh, uh, Objection, your honor. No, don't say it. Your favorite films (laughs) of all time are the Lord of the Rings trilogy extended. I just want you to know that whatever... That you have no excuse to say (laughs) that you don't do well with long movies. Is that what you're about to say? Because if not... I refuse to accept anything you're no, about to say. No, I have something opposite to say. I want to tell you that no matter what I say about movies, The Lord of the Rings is excluded from everything that I say about movies. Yes. The Dark Knight. How long is that? Two hours and 12 minutes? Okay, can I just make an exception? No, I'm sorry. Two hours and 20 minutes almost. Okay, can I make an exception to the rule that I just made about myself? Mm-hmm. I like, I don't do well with long movies unless they're amazing. Okay. <laughs> you're making a face. Yeah, because if a movie's amazing, uh-huh. yeah, you're going to like it. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. But it's really hard. It needs to justify its length, yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah, Not I understand. a lot of movies do that. Nope. Oh, the listeners know. The <laughs> listeners know. They hear that from me. Uh, on a constant basis. <laughs> I, if, here's the thing. If it's a really long movie and I hate it, like New York, New York. You were present when Corey and I viewed that film, I forgot. Yes. If it's, uh, if it's a really long film and I hate it, I just hate my life. Okay. So, if I, I, I'm gonna try really hard to like it then. You're going to try really hard to like Southland Tales? Yes. Godspeed to you, my friend. <laughs> Godspeed. 
Okay, so what you're saying is that you are fully opening yourself up to the ridiculousness of this film. I'm really good at that. You are. Um, whereas Guardians of the Galaxy was too weird for me. Ugh, it was I just weird enough for you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you're, you're okay with weird movies. I, I think love weird movies. Okay. Got it. So you <laughs> might actually end up enjoying Southland Tales, unless it straight up doesn't make any sense. If it's real convoluted, like, convoluted is not the same thing as weird. Okay. So if it has no point to it, that is completely different than being weird. Got it. Um, so I, I'm down with my fair share of weird movies. I'm coming in with a lot of baggage attached to this movie, having it that be the butt of many a joke in the film community. Southland, Southland Tales? Southland Tales. Okay, so, so I'm not, I don't know about any of this. You've just heard this movie. Existed. From you, just now. Just now. You just learned this movie existed. Yes. This movie, when it came out, was like the like the Razzie Award winner that year, I think. And really? Like, yeah. It is notorious. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, people thought it was career-ending for Richard Kelly at the time. Um, have you have any of these actors talked about this movie after the fact? I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know how they feel about it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I, I think... Most of these people were able to rise above their involvement with this film. Uh, the Rock and Amy Poehler and, yeah. you know, a lot of these people. And Sean William Scott, to an extent, he's had a pretty successful career as, in indie movies. Okay. Um, particularly Goon, a hockey movie he was in. So I, I think it, it, for everyone except Richard Kelly, it's sort of a blip on their film uh, filmography. Richard Kelly, this is his sophomore outing. Yeah. He had just come off a really strong, in most people's opinion, um, first film and he was set up to be you know the you know the the second coming of the wachowskis basically like you know i know people who love donnie darko on the same level people love the first matrix movie Mm -hmm. and um especially after being disappointed by the wachowskis with reloaded and and uh revolutions richard kelly was like Oh, he's the next great director in sci-fi and fantasy and, and, and genre film. And then Southland Tales came out and everyone was like, never mind, let's get off on the ground floor with this guy. Whereas people like the Wachowskis kind of got a lot of chances. Yeah. Um, people like M. Night Shyamalan kind of got a lot of chances. And and um, I think almost kind of had a chance to recover and we'll see how it goes with Shyamalan. And the Wachowskis had a chance to recover and dropped the ball. Richard Kelly, they jumped ship immediately after Southland Tales. They were like, oh, this guy had one movie in him. And I think it's because we got burnt on Shyamalan and uh, Wachowski's prior to him. Okay. And so I think every, like, he got the, br- the brunt of their hatred for him. Um, though I don't think he's a good filmmaker, so I don't really care that much. But I know a lot of people who love Donnie Dargo, so um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, we'll see with this movie, I guess. I have a prediction for what how you're going to like it, but what do you think? What do I how, think? How do you think you're going to like it? Oh, I'm fully expecting to hate every second of this movie and find it completely torturous. Okay, that yeah. was also my prediction. <laughs> yeah, no, I am not looking forward to this at all. Okay. Not even a little bit. I mean, yeah, that's what I also thought, too. I think that... Um, even though I might hate it, we might mutually hate it, and it'll be great. I... So, to give you an example of how I think our viewing experience will be mm-hmm. for this film, I think we're going to be screen yelling at it the way we screen yelled at Escape from Tomorrow. Well, but at least Escape from Tomorrow had, like, a clear, like, 
setting and a clear set of people. Like, there were... There were definite characters that I knew, even through the trailers, were going to have a thing going on. Yeah. Like, that seems way more... Coherent. Coherent than what we're going to watch. Right. That's true. I guess uh, Escape from Tomorrow was bathed in surreal imagery and not really... And, like, a pretty straightforward plot. Yeah. Kind of. Well, kind of. It's still very surreal, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I think that... I don't know. I don't... I don't... I... I don't know how it's going to compare to that movie in particular. Because I didn't think of that movie at all when I thought of something to compare Southland Tales to. Oh, okay. Um, the, the reason is because that's, in my brain, the shining example of surrealism for surrealism's sake is Escape from, Escape from Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, Aren't there theories on that movie though? Of like, you're you're gonna tell me no. I have no idea. Oh okay. I cared so little about that movie that I did no research on it prior to. Or oh, okay. Post watching it. I feel like there are some theories about like uh, heavy symbolism in that movie. Hmm. Got it. It was extremely poorly hidden. Extremely poorly hidden. Yes. Meaning you knew what they were. Uh no oh uh meaning it was too hidden. Oh, okay. Yep. So, too subtle. Too subtle. Okay. If it existed at all. Okay. It'd be interesting. Maybe we can do, a, like, a minute on if we found out anything about that. Yeah. Um, so, I, 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 I'm not looking forward to this movie at all. Okay. I mean, that's fine. I, I'm sorry I dropped the ball on uh, the rundown. Oh, no worries. Okay. Um, so we're fully expecting... To, I'm fully expecting to hate Southland Tales. What are you fully expecting, or at least halfway expecting, from Southland Tales? Um, I'm expecting to... It could go either one of one... Either... It could go one of two ways, is what I'm trying to say. Either I'm gonna accept it for what it is and be fully on board, or we're both gonna mutually hate it. Got it. Well... Uh, that went a little longer than I thought because I forgot we have to talk about a second movie. Yeah, you may have to edit some yeah, of that. Yeah, a lot of that's getting edited out. Um, so, fast forward nine years from Southland Tales. Has it been that? 2006. 2006. Dang. Fast forward nine years. Um, the Rock is now the boulder. Uh, he is a... Oof. Giant of a man. He is so much bigger than he is in Southland Tales. Yeah, in the trailer for Southland Tales, we were like, he's so small. <laughs> he's even smaller in that movie than he is in The Rundown. Yeah. Um, which we also watched the trailer for. Which is weird because The Rundown came out before Southland Tales. By four years. Yeah. Yep. He. I wonder if they made him get smaller for it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Or if he was smaller for another role. Like, I think he wasn't that small in Be Cool. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, um, I mean, that makes sense, because he's not a super action star in that one. Yeah, and he's, like, kind of um, flamboyant and okay. stuff. So I think he okay. may have been slimmed down for that. Anyway, now The Rock we know and love is in full swing, and he is a mountain of a man. Um, yes. Because of lots of working out and eating clean and mostly steroids, <laughs> um, is what I'm going to say. It's I find it very obvious that the man is juicing something. Um but uh, I don't want to get sued. Hopefully it's not bad for his heart. Yeah. Um, Did you say you don't want to get sued? Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, because The Rock is totally going to hear this. 
The Rock. I'm not even going to call you by your name. You're awesome. He is uh, he is an action star for the new millennium. He's in Walking Tall and The Rundown and The Scorpion King and 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 all this stuff and and people love him and he's in the one of the biggest franchises out there right now that shouldn't even exist anymore but somehow keeps trucking along to seven soon to be eight films yeah. and and he's just like he's so bankable right now like people will go see movies with the rock in it which brings us to his latest outing which is san andreas yes San Andreas is a film about the San Andreas Fault, which is a big, big concern for us here on the West Coast. Yeah. Um, the San Andreas Fault is a huge fault line that runs almost the entire length of our state, correct? Yes. And fault lines cause earthquakes, and earthquakes uh, destroy cities. And that's kind of the premise of San Andreas, is the entirety of the San Andreas Fault is giving way, and um, the entirety of the West Coast is going to feel the impact of it. Is basically. So, I want to look up that uh, line that your favorite guy has. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he talk for So, time. San Andreas finds The Rock as uh, some sort of a law enforcement or no, he's a search rescue and rescue. Person. Search and rescue guy, and he's caught in the middle of this, I mean, literally the big one, um, when you talk about the big one. And, um,. Okay, no. Okay, can I just say it real quick? Yes. It's not the same one, but the one on IMDb is, the earth will literally crack and you'll feel it on the east coast. Yes. So Paul Giamatti says that, and we'll get to Paul Giamatti in a second, because I am very excited for him in this movie and almost nothing else. Not even for The Rock? Not really. Come on. The the big one, the biggest earthquake of all time is happening, and, and... and the entirety of the country is getting ready to feel it. And The Rock finds himself in the middle of the search and rescue situation. He's got to rescue people, but also he's got a daughter. And the daughter is in trouble and stuff. And it's just destruction on this mass scale. And it is, I would say, the pinnacle uh, or the epitome of what we would call a disaster movie. Yeah. Uh, I think we were talking about it and I equated it to, like, 2012. Yes. Yes. Is that what- and disaster movies are a very profitable genre of film. Um, kind of understandably for me, I, I don't really love them. So it's already got that going against it. Um, but, but big destruction on a giant screen and a good sound system. I get it. Mm-hmm. It looks cool. Um, you know, the master of that in modern times is Roland Emmerich. Now, Roland Emmerich has done Independence Day. Oh, okay. Day After Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And 2012. Okay. He did all of those movies. Um, he's sort of the king of the modern day disaster film. And he's good at showing big destruction. Okay. He's terrible at showing good characters, good storylines, and editing his film to be a reasonable length. Most of his films are damn near three hours. And they don't need to be, because it's just things breaking. Yeah. Um, I didn't mind Edge of Tomorrow, though, by the way. Edge of Tomorrow? I mean... Day After Tomorrow? Day After Tomorrow. I also didn't mind uh, Edge of Tomorrow. That's because it's great. Everyone yeah. see Edge of Tomorrow. Um, <laughs> it's not called that, though. Live, Die, Repeat. Yep. It, so this is this is The Rock basically in a Roland Emmerich-looking movie. Like, if you look at this movie, it almost looks like Roland Emmerich directed it. Like, it, the visuals are very similar to 2012. 
Okay. Which you, I, I know you'd mentioned. Uh-huh. I'm very picky with my Destructor movies, and I think the only one I like is Twister. I love Twister! Twister's awesome! I used to be so afraid of it as a child. I was suddenly afraid of tornadoes. Oh yeah, because we live in Tornado Alley. <laughs> so I think Twister is the only disaster movie I've ever liked. Now you enjoy disaster movies significantly more than I do. Do I? Yes. I enjoy all movies more than you do. Fair enough. <laughs> Um, so, so do you have a favorite disaster movie? Is it also Twister? I guess so. I don't really know that I've seen a whole lot of disaster movies. I mean, Day After Tomorrow, 2012, uh, Uh Poseidon. um, I didn't see that. 10,000 BC. Um, I don't see, I don't don't think I see a lot of disaster movies. Oh, okay. But I think it's just because, you know, movies are expensive to go to. Yeah. You are significantly more excited for this movie than I am, though. I am. I'm more excited than a whole lot of people, except for maybe uh, our friend Devin. Is she excited? I have no idea. We talked... It may not be her, but we talked to someone who felt the same way as me, where it's just like... I know Slade is excited for it because of The Rock. Okay. Maybe we were talking to... Dallas. Dallas. Uh, I just... I'm interested to see The Rock. I know you keep putting this off, but I, I'm also... Uh, I'm a decent fan of Paul Giamatti. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it's gonna... I think it's gonna remind me a whole lot of The Day After Tomorrow. Right. And I think that I didn't mind that movie. Okay. So. Um, so Paul Giamatti is in this movie. Yeah. And... He plays a scientist who is like, I told you so. He's the I told you so guy in this movie. All these disaster movies have an I told you so guy. I'm so excited for Paul Giamatti to be Mm. the I told you so guy. Um, Woody Harrelson was the last I told you so guy that I saw. And he was in 2012. Yeah. Um, And he was horrendous in that movie. Man. (laughs) Um, Paul Giamatti looks like my favorite version of Paul Giamatti in this movie. Which is, this movie's terrible and I know it. So I'm going to Paul Giamatti overact into it. Uh And so everything he says is so overdramatic and I love it. Okay. I I feel like he he just knows exactly how to play that character. If you've seen, um, if you've seen Shoot 'Em Up, he's great in that movie as the... Uh, villain who is super over the top. So I, I am very much looking forward to over the top Paul Giamatti acting. Okay. The Rock, on the other hand, looks like he is taking himself very seriously. Yeah, I'm a little bit concerned with how he's gonna play out his actual relationship with his daughter. Right. But we'll see. Yeah. Um, just most of the scenes of him reacting to stuff, it looks like he's, he's just like, this is Sir's business. Mm. And I... Which could be the direction to... It could be what the director told him, but I don't, I don't know. I'm very not looking forward to The Rock's performance in this movie. It doesn't look great. Um, now, this movie does have a local connection. It does! He came to Bakersfield! He did come to Bakersfield, and, uh... It was super funny because when it came out on the news, they were like, they're filming part of San Andreas in Bakersfield, but The Rock isn't here for it. It's just second unit. And then all these people on my Facebook the next day were like, The Rock was at the bar last night. Yeah. And so The Rock was definitely in town. Neither of us saw him. Nope. So yeah, I I am not excited about San Andreas at all. 
the only reason I'm doing this movie on the podcast is because that's how the release dates lined up, and that's kind of the only thing coming out this weekend. Okay. Well, um, let me tell you how I feel about it, gosh darn it. Um, <laughs> Go for it. I think that I'm going to be okay with it. However, let me just tell you, I'm a little bit... I don't know how to feel about it, only because um, even though they're doing really good uh, PR on the whole Nepal thing, and they are doing now... uh... Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. Um, Okay. I am not expecting this film to do well at the box office because there's been a massive earthquake in Nepal and and aftershocks that have uh, really rocked that country. And, And I just don't see people like responding well to this earthquake movie coming out it's true they are like i said they are doing really good pr with it Mm -hmm. um so much so that it's in the imdb i can read it to you if you want yeah um but the problem that i actually have with it is that i uh this is an actual problem that uh, an actual threat Um, And most action movies and, like, disaster movies are kind of a threat, but not, like, an actual threat. You and I, last year, or this year, went to the Pompeii exhibit that was in L.A. Yes. And um, at the end of the very sobering, the very sobering experience. Last room. Yeah. Of that exhibit. There were... uh, just real, it was a, there was a room, a very open room with like some activities that you could do to interact with the exhibit. Mm-hmm. Um, along with pictures of people actually just still living there, but with statistics. And then we saw that other movie that was at that same museum. Oh yeah, the Natural Disaster IMAX movie. About how these, these huge earthquakes are really going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know, like, if I want Hollywood banking all those dollars on people dying. Like, an actual thing that's probably going to happen. Yeah. Not in to that extent, maybe. But maybe. Yeah. But maybe is the problem. Um, I mean, it's a, it is a very serious concern for us as Californians. Um, I agree. And, and that Pompeii exhibit, one of the most sobering things is not only the fact that people are living there currently... And it's still a fault line, uh, or it's still a, an active volcano, but they, there were molds of the people who were in ash. Yeah. And uh, that was rough. That yeah. was real rough to watch. Um, and, and I felt weird about the Pompeii thing for a while. There's a board game we've played a couple mm-hmm. times now, or I've played a couple I've times now. I've only played it once. It's called The Downfall of Pompeii. And in this game, Vesuvius is erupting, and you're trying to get your people, your family out of Pompeii while trying to block other families from getting out of Pompeii and whoever gets the most people out of Pompeii first wins and like and if they get swallowed by the lava you have to put them in the volcano you throw them into Mount Vesuvius (laughs) and all I can think is while I'm playing that game like what if someone a hundred years from now makes a 9-11 game yeah 
what? Like, that's not okay. That's not okay in my brain right now. Why are we banking on this Pompeii thing, you know? Like, these are real people that existed in our history. Yeah. Also, I have that uh, Nepal information for you. Yes. Um, it says, due to the Nepal earthquake, the film's marketing has been changed to help people know what to do in the case of a deadly earthquake. The people behind the film are also going to donate a very large proceed to help Nepal and the earthquake victims. That's actually awesome. Yeah, so they're doing a lot to make sure that, um, they're doing a lot, they're, tr- they're purposefully doing a lot of good PR so that people feel comfortable seeing their movie. Yeah, that's, I think that's good. I don't know if it's necessarily going to work, mm-hmm. um, but I do think, I, I think that that makes me respect them a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know if it's going to still put butts in seats just because the subject matter hasn't changed. Um, and like I said, that threat is still kind of real. And I know that a lot of times people go to suspenseful and scary movies to be scared of like things that can't actually kill them. Right. Like, you know, vampires or whatever. Right. And, uh, you know, stuff that is can actually kill you. I mean, like, Twister was very scary to me as a child, because I knew that tornadoes actually existed and actually do kill people. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Um, so, yeah, I, overall, I'm not expecting to enjoy San Andreas very much. What about you? Um, I think that... I think that'll be just fine. I don't think that I will actively dislike it during watching it. I think that I will probably... I don't know if it will be too... Like I said, I don't know if I will feel uncomfortable with it or not. Got it. But we'll Um, see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, uh, I think that does it. Do you have any other thoughts on San Andreas? No. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see. Um, Great. Uh, Thank you guys for listening so much. Please like and share on SoundCloud and uh, comment and share it with your friends and subscribe and uh, email the show before and after show at gmail.com. Uh, tweet at the show at before and after pod on Twitter. That's at before the letter N after pod on Twitter. Um, I love hearing from you guys. Keep it coming. I should have a logo soon. I do have a logo. I just need to get the dimensions right on it. Um, I've seen it. It's true. And it's pretty cool. Um, so hopefully by the time this goes up, you'll see a logo. Uh, I just have to make sure it looks good on my social media because I tried uploading it from my phone and it didn't. And oh. uh, I think it's because the phone has like a cropping limit on it. So uh, I will attempt to do that from an actual computer. And I hope that this is the first episode with a logo. And before I forget, thank you uh, to Josh. Uh, I don't know how to say your last name, Josh. Please tell me how to do it. Josh Granite, Granite Granat. We'll, we'll just say that for now. Josh Granite for designing the logo. Um, thank you to Corey Tyndall, who I don't thank enough on air, uh, um, for doing the music that you hear at the beginning, in the middle, and in the end of, uh, of every show. Um, until next week, go watch something. <laughs>